When you're thinking about going to market, you should be going with the whole family, and that's inclusive of the grandparents in the pictures or the messaging, and you can make sure that it's not just about the mom and dad, it's also about the grandparents, because they have a big influence, and they're spending quite a bit of money. Hello, and welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps marketers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs sell more effectively to the world's most powerful consumer, mums. Each fortnight, we bring you a deep-diving interview with a marketing specialist from around the globe who can help you gain insights about this influential consumer. Let's hear from our host, Katrina McCarter. Hello, listeners. In today's episode, we speak with Patty David, who heads up Consumer Insights at AARP. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with AARP, they are one of the largest not-for-profit membership-based organizations in the US, which is dedicated to empowering Americans age 50 plus to choose how they live as they age. They have a very impressive membership base of 38 million people in the US. Now, in this episode, Patty and I explore the growing role of grandparents, and Patty shares some recently released research which dispels the commonly held beliefs around what it means to be a grandparent today. Now, these insights paint a picture of a powerful, influential consumer segment which really needs to be better considered by marketers who want to influence the family household purchasing decisions. Now, in this episode, Patty and I talk about the size and opportunity of the grandparent market. We discuss the average spend on grandchildren, and Patty points out the average age of grandparents in the US and Australia. She shares insights from research into the role of grandparents and the common characteristics of modern grandparents. Patty talks about the reliance on grandmothers for childcare support and the dissatisfaction of today's grandmothers with advertisers. Patty talks that naming rights are changing amongst grandparents and there are new trends identified amongst these modern grandparents. We discuss intergenerational living arrangements and the changing household structures and we discuss the influence of grandparents on some of the family decision making. We talk about why marketers need to review their imagery and why health, automotive, education and the nursery and baby segments need to look to appeal to grandparents. We identify new trends in family travel and Patty shares some tips on how marketers can improve their engagement amongst grandparents, particularly grandmothers. So I hope you enjoy listening to the insight shared by Patty on Marketing to Mums, the podcast. Hello, our guest today is a director of one of the largest not-for-profits in the US, which is dedicated to empowering Americans age 50 plus to choose how they live as they age. She represents and advocates for more than 38 million members across America and is set to disrupt ageing as we know it. Our guest is Patty David, Director of Consumer Insights at AARP. 
based on the east coast of the US. Welcome to the show, Patty. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, look, we've only recently met. I had the pleasure of meeting you at a conference at the M2 Moms Conference uh, in October in New York. And I was really fascinated with the research that you have been doing at AARP into the changing role of grandparents. And this is something that I'm really keen to see if we can explore today. So to kick things off, Patty, I would love to understand the size of the market. How many grandparents are there in the U.S. and what kind of spend are they responsible for? Well, here in the U.S., we have over 70 million grandparents. Um, for our study, we actually spoke to grandparents from the age of 38 to 103. And it's quite interesting. They are actually spending quite a lot on their grandchildren. You know, the average spend is about $2,500. Um, and that, you know, equates to about five, I mean, five grandchildren. Um, I've actually explored it a little bit further since we had the opportunity to meet in New York. We've been digging into the data and I started looking at that cost. Um, by what we refer to as generations in the U.S. because I wanted to look at the distribution of age to see if it looks a little bit different. And so when we look at that uh, younger age group, which is the Generation X, they all have on average about two to three grandchildren, and per grandchild, they're spending about 700, a little over $700 in a total of, of about 2000 and when we look at the boomer group, um, they have on average about four grandchildren and spending about $2,200 and about 570 per grandchild. And as you get older than the boomers, what we call the silent generation, you are actually looking at an average of six grandchildren per grandparents with about a $3,500 spend. Of course, they have more grandchildren, but they're still spending about $540 per grandchild. Yeah, wow. Quite a bit is coming out of their pocket. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. And this, and this is really what, what, why I wanted to explore it today. Listen, one of the things that I've noticed in terms of differences between Australia and the US is that in Australia, the average age that someone actually becomes a grandparent is somewhere around 58 to 60 years. I believe it's actually much younger in America. And I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. It is quite a bit younger. So right now, the average age of the first time grandparent is 50. Now, this is actually up. We ran the study in 2011, and the average age was 48. So just in a seven-year time span, we've increased by two years. This, however, is not surprising, and I think that will continue to increase. So ultimately, we might come in line to where you are in Australia at 58 and 60 Years, years old. So if we look at it here in the U.S., people are having children at a much older age, so they're waiting for quite a bit and having them in their mid-30s to, to lower 40s now. So that's why that age is picking up to that first-time grandparent. And as our population um, starts to age and you look at that longevity, you know, right now, the life expectancy here in the U.S. of a woman is 81 years old, and of men, it's 76 years old. And so that, as that creeps up in their having children later in life, that first-time grandparent's average age, I think, will creep up with it. So 
So that's indicative of the senior in that seven-year time period that it has changed by two years. Yeah, quite a lot of change, actually. I, I mean, I think here in Australia, ours is the, the age of a first-time mum is, is actually about 30, and I think uh, still in the US, you're sitting somewhere around 25. So uh, I think that that also might, might contribute to that difference in terms of the age of the grandparent. I know that AARP have recently undertaken an extensive research into the role of grandparents and I'm keen to hear a little bit more about that research project and to understand what today's grandparent actually looks like. Are there some common characteristics or behaviours that you uncovered in your research? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. We ran a grandparenting study in about two, 2011 and really wanted to repeat it to look at those changes. So we took a base of questions that we looked at then and asked those same questions but also added to it and really increased our sample size to look at it because we just, we just didn't want to look at just the, the average grandparent. We wanted to be able to cut that data in a variety of ways so that we could look at it by the grandfather and the grandmother and we could look at it by age and look at it by the different cultural groups that exist out there and whether they were an urban or a suburban or a rural. So we really um, went deep into the, the questions and the number of people that we asked and we followed those up with some real in-depth qualitative interviews on one-on-ones to really get at some of the whys behind, behind the data that we were seeing. So it's a rich, rich piece of information and we're just now starting to really dive into it and explore it. But with that being said, we are seeing quite a few different characteristics or behaviors that are, that are coming through. There are things that are definitely common across all the grandparents depending on what age they are. And the primary thing is that role that they think that they play as a grandparent. And so regardless of their age or how many grandchildren they have or where they sit, they see their role as that of a, of a teacher, of a mentor, of a storyteller, kind of that historian that brings it all together. So they're, they're there to pass on that information, to give advice, um, and to play a really pivotal role in their grandchildren's life. We also asked some fun questions about you know, what they're called in, in our, in my day and age, it was grandma or grandpa. And it's amazing when you're out and about, you hear some different names like Nana and um, Papa and, you know, Peepaw and Mammal. It's, it's amazing all the names. And so we wanted to see, you know, what, what was going on, whether things were shifting and changing. But believe it or not, people are not shying away from that modern name of grandma and grandpa. So the majority are actually still using that. And the value and importance that the grandparents put on their grandchildren's like health and education and wanting to really make sure that they're, they're focused and they have what they need and they're getting the nutrition that they need to be able to do well in school is important. The other big thing that I think is, is something that is near and dear to my heart because it's something that we're focused on in figuring out how we close that is the distance barrier. So the grandparents here in the U.S. are just, you know, with the global society and 
the ability to move on an ongoing basis are just not in physical location with their grandchildren. And that is their biggest barrier, is the distance that they live from each other and wanting to be closer. So those are some of the, the things that are hitting across. There are some perspectives that are a little bit different depending on the age of the grandparents. So those that are younger want to be a little bit more hands-on, almost like the role of a surrogate parent. And and though and they want to be they're the most communicative, they they are technology savvy. And then those that are older are ones that are spending a lot more on their grandchildren and you know they're they're less inclined to want to step in and give like the real heavy information or feedback. They're they're just a little bit more hands off than the younger grandparents. So it's it's been interesting looking at the similarities and the differences that are coming up. Mm, that's really fascinating. My parents are obviously in a minority. They've, they uh, they felt their naming of they didn't want to be a traditional grandma and grandpa. So my father has opted for a name called Pa Bart, which uh, which plays on the grandpa bit and his nickname Bart. And my mum has opted for Nin Nin. Uh, which was what one of the kids, one of the grandkids called her. So um, really, really interesting. I see that they, it's a really big deal for them what, what they're called and, and that, that naming. So I find that really, really fascinating. Before we continue with the podcast episode, I want to tell you about our podcast sponsor, Cooperate. Cooperate is a powerful marketing technology platform that allows marketers to visualize your brand's customer journey, deliver great content at each stage of that journey, and see how it all performs, all managed from one centralized location. Cooperate has been built by marketers for marketers. I've actually had the opportunity to see the platform in action and I genuinely think it's worth taking a look at if you're a marketer managing large brands which want to attract more mums. Now let's head back to the podcast. Patty, I did want to ask you, one of the things that we're really seeing is with parents going back to work, that they're really relying on the grandparents to step in, particularly the grandmothers, to really support and assist the family unit. And grandparents seem to be taking a much more active role in actually caring for their kids. Here in Australia, I've had a look, a third of children uh, of working parents are actually cared for by their grandparents. And in the majority of cases, like 97% of grandparents actually are unpaid many of them, we're actually finding they're still holding down a part-time job themselves. So they're pretty physically exhausted by the load of their work and and also the load of childcare work that they're contributing. But they're really conflicted because they're still wanting to spend that time with their grandchildren. I'd be really keen to hear the perspective from the US. And I'm really also really interested to hear your thoughts about how marketers can show support and empathy towards grandparents that are in this situation? So I think that we're probably seeing the same things that you're seeing in Australia, particularly with the grandparents that are taking care of their 
grandchildren. And if I look at that total group of grandparents that we looked at, there's about 11% that are caring for their grandchildren in some way. And of those, 5% have them living with them full time. And those numbers are, are like, you're like, oh, that's not that, you know, that's not that many. It's 70 million. How does that look like? But then when we start digging into that data a little bit, there is like a really big difference when we look at the younger grandparent compared to the older grandparent. So that younger grandparent or that generation X, as, as we say, they, they, like almost 30% of them have grandchildren living in the household with them compared to 7 or 8% of the other generations. So I think that, that that is big. And so are the grandparents that are working. You know, that, you know over 70% of them are working part-time or full-time. So I think that there is that, that big kind of push-pull and some, probably some stress and exhaustion that sits in there with their wanting to help out their children, their grandchildren, as well as their working full time and everything. So I, I would definitely say that is something that we're also seeing. When I think about the support that the marketers could give, you know, I, you know, I sit back and I say, okay, there are these groups that have you know, this group over here, I live too far away. I don't have enough time to spend with my grandchildren. I don't see them as often. And then on the other extreme, you have this group here that, that they live with them and they see them all the time. But looking at those two groups, there are some really big commonalities. And, and one is that they, they want to spend quality time with their grandchild. They want to be there. They want to have do fun things. They want to participate in their life. So when I think about that and marketers, I, I say, you know, don't don't discount that older influence in in the grandparents and their grandchildren's life. And when you're thinking about going to market, you should be going with the whole family, and that's inclusive of the grandparents in the pictures or the visuals that you're putting together or the messaging that you're that you're putting there and because they're there and they're part of it and they want to be and if they're not there and they're they're living long distance they want options to try to be closer to get there so it's it's really think about those two extremes and you're thinking about marketing make sure that it's not it's not just about the mom and dad it's also about the grandparents Mm. Um, because they have a big influence in their grandchild's life and they're spending quite a bit of money. Mm, yeah, some simple things just in looking, in reviewing your imagery. I, I think that that's, that's a great tip. Patty, I did some research a couple of years ago here in Australia and we looked at 1,800 Australian mums and we found that 63% felt that they were misunderstood by brands and advertisers. Now, when we cut that down, what we found was that the older the mum, the, more, the higher her level of dissatisfaction with brands and advertisers. And when we really drilled that down, what we found is that we had a whole lot of grandmothers who were feeling very misunderstood and misrepresented. And I'm really keen to see through your research, what are some of the myths that we can actually bust about grandparents? And, and what did your research uncover about how grandparents might have changed from, say, a generation ago? 
You know, it's it's funny when I I look at this by looking at my grandmother and when when I was younger and thinking about it, even even my children. So I'm in I'm in my fifties, my children are in their twenties. I personally don't have any grandchildren yet. But I was thinking about them with their grandparents when they were young and me with mine. And, you know, there there were my my grandmother didn't work full time. She was at home, stay at a home mom. You know, she did getting the house together and the laundry and the things like that. And she was there to, like, do tea parties with us or to read us a book or to do crayons and coloring. And I was thinking about that with my own children, too, and that their grandparents were retired by the time they came along and had a lot of time to, like, focus and, and spend with them and everything. But in today's world, one, because people are having kids older and the average grandparent, first-time grandparent is in the 50, you know, we have to start thinking different and paint a different image of that grandparent in our in our minds. First of all, they're they're working. They're in the workforce either full time or part time. If I look at that total base of grandparents from age thirty eight on, you know, forty four percent are still working. And then when I start digging down a little bit deeper and looking at them by age, it's even more in that younger in that younger grandparenting age group, it's seventy percent of them working. So one of the things that we have to have to consider is that they are out and about and in the workforce. The other thing I think is that, you know, we always say, oh, the, the older population are not like tech savvy or into technology. And groups of grandparents are into technology and tech savvy. They're using that technology to communicate on an ongoing basis with their grandchildren um, and to figure and to figure it out. And you know, so even even that oldest population, which is the silent population, when we ask them whether they consider themselves tech savvy or not, over a third of them do. Now that's a far cry from those that are younger in the generation X with seventy one percent. But that's big. You know, if if I ask people today, they're like, Oh, you know, if if they say, you know, their grandparents stuff, they're like, Oh yeah, they don't do anything. But my mother-in-law, who's 85, and the kids' grandchildren, you know, has an iPhone and an iPad, and she Snapchats with the kids, and they text each other. And so, you know, they are technologically savvy and and must remember that. And then also, they're pretty healthy. You know, healthy, active, on-the-go. You know, they're not sitting around in their rocking chair or on the porch swing or any of the ideas that you have in your mind of what your grandparents looked like when they were young. They're active and vibrant and doing things and, you know, ziplining with their grandchildren and doing, and doing lots of active things. So if, if I were to think about kind of the, the myths to, to blow up, those would be my top three that I would tell marketers to remember. Yeah, look, I absolutely agree with those. My mother spends a, a month every year in the jazz clubs in New York, and I think if my life is half as interesting as hers is at 77, I, I will be absolutely delighted. Yeah, they are very healthy, young, vital, and very tech-savvy. I would agree with you. Patty, I wanted to actually change tact a little bit now and talk to you about travel. 
I've really noticed that uh, that grandparents are increasingly travelling with their children and their grandchildren. And, and actually, recently, I was travelling and I noticed grandparents travelling with their grandchildren and no parents there. And I was wondering if your research actually looked into travel and is this actually a growing trend now? We did look into travel and you're right. I'm I'm not sure of the trend yet because we didn't ask the travel question in 2011. So I don't know what the growth looks like over time or if there has been growth. But I will tell you that, you know, first of all, over 7 in 10 grandparents travel with their children and grandchildren every year on an annual basis. So they do those big multi-generational trips. And when you start looking at it a little bit closer to where you have the grandparents and the grandchild and they left the parents in the dust and said, off we go, that about a third of them have done that in the past year. In addition to that, we started um, exploring that a little bit. We do a number of other travel studies here at AARP because the, the top aspiration of the 50-plus is to be able to travel. And we just looked at it separately in another study that we were doing. And currently, there are a number of, of boomers. When we just look at, at boomers, you know, over 15% of them are currently looking at and planning uh, what we call skip gen meaning grandparents and grandchildren going together, trip in 2019. And and surprise, surprise, they're footing the bill for for that trip. So I do, yes, I I do believe that it's it's more popular than we think. And I, I like so totally wish I had some trend data on it to see how it's grown over time. Mm, Seems like there's some real opportunities there for travel companies, whether they, you know, should be looking at maybe doing travel packages either for those extended family groups. But just just on that last point that you raised, it seems like there's a real opportunity then for travel packages that are the grandparents and the grandkids together where they can really uh, work on having that quality time with their kids. But, you know, talking about that, the grandparents acting as that family historian, there's a, that's a great opportunity for, for them to, to show that whilst travelling as well. well. How fantastic. What a win-win for the oh, parents yeah. as well. I, I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely would say yes. Need some help attracting more mums to your brand or business? Marketing to Mums can help you. This marketing and research consultancy founded by your podcast host, Katrina McCarter, can assist you. Marketing to Mums can identify gaps and unmet opportunities, undertake research to determine who your most profitable mum segment is, and help you create a strategy to gain a commercial advantage in the marketplace. Email hello at marketingtomums.com.au to find out more. Education. In Australia, I see grandparents contributing to education costs for their grandchildren increasingly, and that's really just anecdotally. I don't have research for that. But we're seeing parents getting, uh, grandparents getting involved in, you know, the purchase of school uniforms or contributing to their books or university expenses or even the school kind of tuition fees. I imagine that this uh, is even more prevalent in the US because of your high educational costs, particularly for college. 
And I wondered if your research uncovered anything about this and that you could share with our listeners. So a good portion of the spend that I was talking about earlier in in the show is for that purpose exactly in, in looking at that. And so, you know, if, if we look at that that average distribution of twenty over twenty five thousand dollars per year that they're spending, if I look at that in detail to do the spread across what are they spending those on, the highest spend is on school and college tuition. That's where they're spending the most dollars. Now, only about 20% are actually giving money to that item, but, you know, those 20% that are giving money on average are giving, giving over $4,000 Yeah, wow. Um, a year to be able to do that. So definitely, definitely. In addition to that, the next highest spend is on major expenses for their grandchildren. Like, you know, they're covering their rent or their mortgage or their medical costs and things like that. And so they're spending a little over $4,000 on that too. Now, that's a really small percent. It's about 5%. But you figure over time, these will probably grow. And so it's it's not, you know, not a small amount that's coming out of their pocket on an ongoing basis to help their grandchildren. Mm, Very significant. Now, to me, automotive seems to be pretty overlooked. With grandparents being increasingly relied on for childcare, they seem to be driving like bigger cars to accommodate the grandchildren. And I've really seen this in my own family. My mother-in-law has got 16 grandchildren and she drives a, a big uh, Volvo SUV just in order to cut the kids around. Obviously, she doesn't have 16 at once, but, you know, she's she's got responsibilities. And my mother has a large station wagon so that she can take her grandchildren around as well. These cars are typically pitched to parents, and I feel like the automotive sector seems to have overlooked this growing role of grandparents Is this a missed opportunity or have some of the automotive companies in the U.S. woken up to this? So I I actually have to go and dig dig into that a little bit to look at the automotive companies in the U.S. and what they're buying. I will will tell you in the U.S. the the biggest group or age that's purchasing automobiles are over 50, 50 and older. So, but I don't necessarily know what type they're purchasing. I'd have to go back and explore that a little bit. Anecdotally, in my world, I have a, a really a cousin who's really close, uh, about 12 years older than me. She purchased a special automobile just for her grandchildren mm. for when they come to visit so they could all fit into one car. So she's, she's driving around in one of those Volvo SUVs, yeah. too. So I I wouldn't put it past that it's happening. I just don't know to what degree. But in my opinion, I would definitely say that all industries should really think about that grandparents and the role that they're playing in their grandchildren's lives and the importance and how active they are in it and use that to create some marketing to that group because they have... They have the income and the cash on hand, and they are purchasing things for their money. So it would be interesting for the major expenses that we asked about, you know, on the study, we asked them to give us, for example, what ones 
And I, you know, those are things that they're buying for their grandchildren. We didn't ask them what they are purchasing different for themselves that they have so that they could spend time with their grandchildren. But I would gather that and the automotive is, is one of those. Yeah, well, look, I'm just looking at my own mother who's looking to buy a new car at the moment, and one of her top considerations is safety because she's travelling, she's carrying her grandchildren in the car, and that it must fit all her, her three grandchildren that, that live in the same town as her. So I think that it is a real opportunity, and it's something that I haven't seen uh, the automotive brands here in Australia really look at or harness. So, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm flagging that. I'll be interested to watch what happens in the US as well. The ads are not focused towards the grandparents. I, if I recall the ads I'm seeing on TV and stuff. So I would suggest they harness that power too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Patty, I wanted to ask you about grandparents because they're very generous with the arrival of their first grandchild. In Australia, it's not uncommon for uh, grandparents to pay for a cot or a, or a pusher or pram uh, to carry the, the new baby baby in and as a result they represent a really affluent target audience for brands who actually sell nursery items. How might marketers of these products better appeal to grandparents? I definitely think it goes back to original and how they're portraying themselves and who they're selling to. I think the, the photos and the pictures make a huge impact to show the grandparents pushing the grandchild in, in their pram or stroller in, in the park and picking them up from school with the extra car seats that they purchased in their car. I think it's in showing how active those grandparents are in their grandchildren's lives and in, in the impact that that has. A lot of times we don't think about that older population and their vibrancy and their activities and, and what they do and driving to that. And that's, that's what they're doing with their grandchildren. They're very involved and very active. And I would say, you know, to portray that in their advertising, if that's a target market that they want to go after and they see value in it, they should go after it and, and show the impact that it has and how they're actively influencing their grandchildren and being a part of their lives. The other thing I think would be to start digging in and talking to that group of people in that audience and figuring out, you know, what's important. I heard you mention earlier when your uh, mom is going and exploring her next vehicle that safety was the number one priority. It's like what else can those brands look at or figure out how to market that is is like the job to be done or the number one priority in that grandparent's life when they're purchasing those things for their grandchildren and really make sure that they're selling to that need. Because I would gather that their need is different than their children's need to, to purchase it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Patty, over our conversation, you painted a picture of grandparents being a pretty powerful and influential target audience which seems to be pretty overlooked and misunderstood by marketers on the whole. If you were to give three or four tips that you would share with marketers on how they could improve their engagement with grandparents, what would they be? For I, I think first and foremost that they exist. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're, integral. <laughs> they're an integral part of their grandchildren's lives. I would say to to really kind of get in their head and understand them and understand what they're doing 
their grandchildren and how they're contributing and where they're spending those those dollars. That's that's first and foremost. Second, it, it would probably be around the, the technology and the fact that they value and understand it. In our data, one of their most preferred ways to receive, receive information is the internet and email. It's it's all electronically. It's it's not the typical newspaper or magazine or book. I mean, they're looking at hey Google like the rest of the world is looking at hey Google and trying to explore and and find that information. So to remember that and use it, that primary role that that they serve, the teacher, the mentor, the storytelling, the person that you come to for advice and to have a conversation, remember that role and how important that is to them. And I would probably say the the last thing if I had to to pick the the top four was that they are vibrant, healthy, active, on the go, getting out there with their grandchildren, doing things, playing sports, you know, zip lining, jumping on the trampoline, and so portray them appropriately and target them that way as as being that active person. Oh, they are some valuable insights, Patty. Thank you very much for sharing those. If people actually wanted to learn more about AARP or to actually get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? I definitely would say that they, if they want to learn more, they can go to our website, which is aarp.org slash research, and definitely see all the research we have done and to explore that. If they like to get in touch with me directly, I would say email is the best way to do that, and that is pdavid at aarp.org. And I'm always happy to entertain questions and have a conversation and explore our data in different ways. That is fabulous. Now, for our listeners, I'll also include those in the show notes for you. Patty, can I just say it has been an absolute pleasure to bust some myths with you today and better understand today's grandparents. I wanted to say thank you for being part of Marketing to Mums, the podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. I've, I've enjoyed this. I enjoyed meeting you at the conference earlier in the year, and it's been a delight having this conversation. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Patty. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. You too. Wasn't that a really fascinating interview with Patty? It's really apparent to me that grandmothers have an increasing role to play in the purchasing decisions within families. Now, from my perspective, this is only going to increase in coming years. Why? Because Gen Z, our mothers of tomorrow, are growing in numbers. Now, this generation is listening to the advice of their elders, which means mum's opinion and grandma's opinion is increasingly important. So for the marketers listening today, do you have a strategy for grandmothers yet? And if not, I hope that this episode has provided you with some things to consider. I really encourage you to head over to the show notes at www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast for more information. Thank you for listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast.
You've been listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps you drive sales and profit in your organization by developing a deeper understanding of the world's most powerful consumer, mums. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review and tell us what your key takeaway was or who your favorite guest was and why. If you would like to get the show notes from today's episode or any of the links mentioned, all you need to do is head to marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast. Don't forget to sign up to receive an email to let you know when the next episode is released. Thanks for listening.